0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes or so each day. But it gets us into God's Word, helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and on our soul, and helps us to be better able to deal with whatever life throws at us every day. And life throws a lot at us. Now faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We keep emphasizing that, Romans 10 and verse 17. So being in God's Word every day, even for this short period of time, helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. Help other people grow in their faith. Help other people come to God. Help other people get to heaven by sharing these short studies with them every day, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means as well. But make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to finish up our line of thought and study asking the question, who's really missing out here? Again, a whole lot of people who are living worldly lifestyles who are not faithful, dedicated Christians, regardless of what they claim. You can tell by their lifestyles they're not. They may say they love God, but Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, John 14 and verse 6, verse 21, verse 23, verse 24, the same message. in you know, all of those verses within just a very short context of Scripture. Well, but people say, well, I love Jesus. I love God but they're living in sin. They're living sinful lifestyles. They seldom, if ever, darken the door of any church building anywhere. They hardly ever, if ever, open up the Bible and read a single verse of scripture, let alone try to study it and understand what it is telling us as to how God guides us to live our lives, to be faithful to him, and to be able to look forward with confidence uh, of an eternal home with him in heaven. And, and yet they say they love God. Well, again, their actions, their lifestyles, their language, their practices, their activities say something different. But now those people, a lot of them would say, well, yeah, but I'm, I, my life is full. My life is fulfilled. I enjoy life. I'm having a good time. And look at all those Christians over there, you know, those goody goodies, you know, boy, they're missing out. Really? Are they missing out? Their life is must be dull. It looks boring. They're missing out on all the fun. Well, really. Uh, all the so-called fun of worldly living that puts you in jeopardy spiritually and eternally, but also all of those practices and activities that can lead to serious negative consequences in your physical life, like cheating on your wife, cheating on your husband, and thereby losing your family, your home, and to a great extent, your livelihood because you're going through divorce proceedings. Uh, Really, all that fun of getting drunk and then getting in a car and having an accident and hurting yourself, injuring yourself, putting your livelihood in jeopardy, maybe even hurting somebody else, maybe ending up in jail, or getting on drugs or alcohol and committing crimes and ending up in jail, or getting in fights and getting yourself severely injured. You see, how many, how many murders happen under the influence of alcohol and drugs? Countless, I would suggest to you. If we could eliminate some of those sinful lifestyles and practices, how many jail cells and beds in jail dorms would be emptied? You would be amazed at the massive exodus, out of jails, if we could eliminate those sinful lifestyles of various kinds. But you see, people have been hoodwinked by the devil. And he says, oh, man, you you don't want to live that Christian life. Christians are missing out. You want fun. You want sensation. You want excitement. Christians experience all of those qualities and emotions on a far greater and higher quality scale. They don't have to look back the morning after and regret what they had done the night before because they were out of control, because they made bad decisions. Who's really missing out here? It's the one who is living outside of Christ, the one who might mouth their love for God and for Christ but are living unfaithful before them. A sinner is without Christ, as we noted, because there's no room in the life of a human being, an individual, one created in the image of God. There's no room for the devil to be influencing that individual to live sinful lifestyles and still suppose he's living a faithful lifestyle before Christ at the same time. Jesus came to put away sin from the lives of individuals. A sinner is also without citizenship in the greatest kingdom that has ever existed, and that's the kingdom of heaven. Because when the person is still in sin, he's not yet become a Christian, and Christians are the ones who become citizens God admits into the citizenship of heaven. A sinner is without promise. That is positive promise. God has promised eternal life, and eternal home in heaven to the faithful, to the dedicated Christian, but the sinner, he doesn't have that promise. Sinners are without hope, and we're not talking about really neat wishes. We're talking about the confident expectation of the fulfillment of God's promised blessings, of eternal life, eternal salvation, a home with him in heaven, where there is no more sickness or sorrow or pain or suffering or death. No, the sinner is without that hope. We're going to look at one more as we close out this line of thought and study. <coughs> a sinner is without God. Now, just downright, bottom line, a sinner is without God. In Ephesians chapter 2, And we look at verse 12. The Apostle Paul wrote this. And he's writing this to Christians who have come out of their sinful lifestyles and into forgiveness and salvation in Christ. They've become dedicated, faithful Christians. He said, well, let's go back to verse 11. Remember, therefore, that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, now notice verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ. Well, why? Because they were living in sin, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Well, you were living a worldly lifestyle before you became a Christian, and so you were without Christ and you were without God. You were living in the world along the ways of the world. In verse 13, but now in Christ, you become Christians. You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. What a great blessing is being described there. You were without Christ. You were without God because you were living an active sinful lifestyle. But now having become Christians, you're with God. You're in Christ. The word... Atheos is the word from which we get atheist. It's only found this one time in Ephesians chapter two and verse 12, and it means knowing and worshiping no God, no God. Separated from God, not believing God, not following God, denying the gods, especially the recognized gods of the state. In 2 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 15, I want us to turn over there and read one verse of Scripture. 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 3. And here we read, for a long time Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, without law. How often could that be said about people today? Oh, they'll say, I love God. I I have faith in God. I'm close to God. They're living a lifestyle that shows exactly the opposite. Oh, they may believe in God intellectually, but they're not walking with God. They're not dedicated to God. They're not living for God. They're not faithful to God. They don't follow his teachings. They don't even know most of his teachings because they hardly ever, if ever, read the Bible at all, anywhere, any part of it, even one verse. Well, so what was the description of the people of Israel back then? Second Chronicles 15 and verse 3, they have been without the true God, not walking with God. And so God is not really in their lives. I've said a number of times when people say, well, well why do people live that kind of lifestyle, that worldly sinful lifestyle? They keep suffering the consequences of it. They keep getting into trouble and, and having problems because of the way they're living. Why don't, they, why don't they turn to God? And my response is, God's not in their head. Now, they would not come out and say they're atheists, that they don't believe in God. In fact, they would deny that particular statement. They would say emphatically, oh, I believe in God. I love God. But they're not walking with God. God's not in their head. He does not enter into the equation of their thinking out, how am I going to live my life? Should I do this or should I do that? Should I go to that particular party or not? Should I take part in that particular lifestyle or not? He's not in their thoughts. They push him out and he is absent from their line of reasoning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning with verse 4, the apostle Paul wrote this. Therefore, concerning the eating of the things offered to idols, and idols are not gods, despite how many people worship idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other god but one. For even if there are so-called gods, lowercase g, idols in other words, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, again, made up in the minds of men, how, how, how absurd is it to kneel down before a statue? How absurd is it to kneel down before some rock and pray to it? Or to manufacture a totem pole and then drop on your knees and pray to that totem pole that you just created yourself? Those are not God's. And then verse 6, yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, because he is the creator of all things, and we for him and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. There is only one God, but we can't give God just lip service and be right with him be faithful to him. We have to walk with him. We have to live for him. We have to live according to his teachings. Now, this word, atheos, which is the word from which we get atheist, it can also mean to be abandoned by the gods. Are there people whom God has abandoned? Yes, there are. People whom God has turned away from because they've turned away from God so fully. And God has left them to suffer the consequences of their sin because they will not walk with God. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32 talks about those. In fact, in verses before that, it talks about how in verse 26, God gave them up to vile passions. God gave them over because They did not like to retain God in their mind And so he gave them over to a debased mind He let them wallow in the muck and mire of their sin And all the consequences thereof And so there's a point We might call it a point of no return From a spiritual perspective Wherein a person reaches a point That his heart is so hardened Against being faithful to God Against obeying him God is not in his head, virtually in the slightest, that God can finally say, that soul is without hope now. There's no turning him or her around. They don't want to listen to me. They don't want to hear of me. They don't want to hear anybody talk to them about me. And so God can give them up. How sad. How tragic a consequence. Who's missing out? it's not the faithful, dedicated Christian who's missing out. It's that person who has allowed the devil to delude him into thinking his sinful, ungodly lifestyle outside of Christ, contradictory to God's teachings in the Bible, is a good, fulfilling lifestyle. It is exactly the opposite. That's the person who is missing out, the person who is living outside of the bounds of Christianity. We'd like to help you. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and send us an email. We'd like to send you a free Bible study. Or we'd be glad to talk with you in person. You can call us at 402-498-8397. We can pray together. We'd love to have you come and visit with us if you're in the Omaha area in person. Our church building is at 3606 North 108th Street. But if you're in other parts of the country or the world, contact us these other ways. We'd like to help you get into God's Word. We'd like to help you walk with God and be able to have that expectation, confident expectation of a home in heaven for all of eternity. Let's pray. Father, guide people in your will, help them to see the falsehood of the temptations and the lies that the devil tries to lead them into, and help them to turn away from that temptation, and to walk with you and come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, for the forgiveness and salvation that you offer through him. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Please guide us. Please be patient with us. In Jesus' name, amen.